Come on, let's give God glory. What a good God we serve. Hallelujah. Praise God. What a good God. It's so, uh, it's so good to be here at uh, Upper Room again. And, and uh, I'm, I'm glad to have my wife here. And uh, we're, uh, this coming March the 2nd, we will be married 50 years. You, you heard of child bride? Well, we were child bride and groom. Amen. And uh, so I'm glad to have uh, Robbie with me. She uh, is an uh, uh, incredible woman of God and been a great inspiration in my life and in our church. And, and uh, her uh, ministry to me has allowed me to go God to use me in several different places, but uh, she's always been there with me. Uh, the first we evangelized, like uh, they said, when we when uh, I was evangelizing when we got married, and uh, I took a week off of evangelizing for her and I for a honeymoon, and then we went right back to a revival, and. Uh, and shortly after that, uh, we were married. Uh, we came here to pick. We came to Piqua, uh, to uh, Brother Simmons' uh, church, and he uh, uh, brought us in for a week. That's when we had church every night, every night for a week, and sometimes two weeks. And uh, so. Um, they had, a, they had a little church at that time. He was in the process of building his new church. But the first revival I preached for uh, Pastor Greg's dad was in this little white clapboard church that you could probably get, as many people that, that was there in, in that building, you could probably get them on this platform. Uh, it might have been a little bit bigger than that. But let me tell you, when you pulled up outside that church, it was rocking. You know, I mean, they talk, you, you can read in the book of Acts about, you know, when they prayed, the place in, that they were in was shaken. When you pulled up there, that place was shaken. You know, I mean, it was powerful. I mean, I walked in there at 22 years old and opened my mouth and out come the Holy Ghost, you know. It was like, wow. It was an incredible, incredible place there. And uh, that... Uh, Man, I fell in love with the Simmons family. And he was off in the Navy, so I, all I heard was heard about him, his mother, from his mother. You know, and of course I thought, man, this must be a good guy the way his mother talks about him. I don't know that your dad said anything. <laughs> Only kidding. No, he prayed a lot for Greg. And, uh, uh, but uh, he... He had just, uh, they told me that he'd come home on a furlough not too long before that, had got saved and, uh, and got married. And I met, met his wife, uh, Midge, at the time. And uh, uh, so uh, it, was, uh, it was an incredible experience uh, that I had there. And then the next time I went back, of course, then they'd have you back about every year if, you, you know, if things went well. <laughs> And they went real well for us that time. And so they would have me back again. And so I came back and I met uh, Pastor Greg. And uh, he was there working with his father and, and, uh, uh, and also working in uh, corrections. I believe at the time he was a probation officer. 
I think the first time I met you, he's teaching school, and he's doing all kinds of stuff like he is today. And uh, but we just hit it off. It was like you know, like brothers from another mother, you know. And we hit it off. And uh, even though that he was an Ohio State fan, I forgave him for that. And I always believed that God could heal him for that. But I'm still interceding. Yeah, right. So it's been great. And then after uh, that, then Pastor Greg pastored for uh, a while in the wilderness called West Virginia. And of course, being his friend, I said, yeah, I'll go. And I'll go down there and preach for you. And so I went and preached for him there. And uh, when Aaron wasn't nearly as big as he is now. He was just a, uh, just pretty much a baby back then. And uh, uh, and so I preached for Pastor Greg there. And then uh, the Lord began to deal with my heart uh, about... I was raised in the denomination and uh, the lifestyle that just like Pastor Greg was. And we grew up in that. And uh, uh, very legalistic, very legalistic. And... Uh, the Lord began to deal with me and uh, I said you know and I knew I had a, I could preach the sermons to make you believe that it was it was the right thing to do we had all of the proof texts to do that you know that you shouldn't do this you shouldn't do that you shouldn't do something else and that's how you you know it wasn't about the blood it wasn't about the blood it was about what you do after you get the blood sprinkled on you. That's kind of what we believed. And so, uh, but the Lord dealt with me, and, and I just one day had an encounter with the Lord and told him, you know, I, I cannot preach what I can't back up by your word. And I don't, some of the stuff we're preaching is not in your word and not in the Bible. And, and I know we sing Amazing Grace, and nothing in that song will we believe. And that, that's how the Lord began to talk to me and deal with me. You really don't believe in my grace. You believe in your works, Mike. And you have to change if we're going to go any farther. And uh, uh, so he began to change me and work me. And that separated me from a lot of people that I love dearly and still do today. A lot of my family, my personal family. And... Uh, uh, but out of, that, out of that wilderness, I got a call from my good friend, Pastor Greg, and he said, man, he said, I'm thinking about starting a church in Tip City. I said, where in the world is that? He said, well, it's kind of like a bedroom community for Dayton. That's, you know, so I know it's not, but it's a, this is a beautiful city here. And, uh, but he was trying to help me understand where it was. Oh, okay, all right, all right. So there's some potential there, you're telling me. Yes, yes, there's people there. He said, but, he said, and he didn't know that I had been praying this prayer for my family when the Lord began to deal with me about it. I had to change my, in, in following him. And uh, I said, God, I want to have a church that my kids and my grandkids will want to go to. That they'll be drawn to. And I don't see that happening where I'm at. And uh, 
Pastor Greg calls me on the phone and he tells me, he's, you know, the Lord's dealing with him about starting a church in Tip City. And then he told me, he said, you know, Mike, he said, I, don't, I think if I don't start this church and I don't make some changes, I don't think my kids and my family is going to serve the Lord. Man, it hit me right. I said, man, I'll help you. I'll do whatever I can. You know, call me anytime. I'll be there for you. And uh, that was a little over 25 years ago that call came. And then he started the church. I remember coming over and preaching at the little church. And uh, we came and did some things there, you know, helped him. We were doing small groups and having some success with that and helped him with that, celebrate recovery, those kind of things. And uh, and then he, he told me about his vision for this building. In fact, before this building was ever here, we came out here and walked on this ground. I walked on the ground with him. We walked way back here in the back, you know, and and uh, uh, all this kind of stuff. And he, he was telling me, you know, the vision he had for it, and he was trying to get it, I believe, from an older woman who owned it and didn't want to sell it and praying and all that. But we walked on it and claiming it in Jesus' name. He'd been praying for it. And Long story short, you probably know about that. He, he obtained this. And then when he started building the building, I remember standing somewhere down here and none of this beautiful stuff was up. It was just the frame of the building we stood here. And you told me then, he said, see, we're building this so that as we grow, as the church grows, you can just take this back wall out and move back as far as you want to go. And guess what you're doing right now? You're taking this wall out and moving back as far as you want to go. But he saw that before there was ever a pew in here or a seat or a carpet or any of those kind of things. He was seeing that and, and making plans for that. And, you know, and I think, I, think how, I think how David had a vision for a temple for the Lord but God said, you're not going to build it. Your son will. But, but that didn't stop David from getting all everything in place he could. And that's what Pastor Greg did. And I'm just so, so appreciative of, of what the Lord has done. And I've watched the favor of God on this ministry uh, for all of these years. The favor of God. I want to tell you, this didn't happen because uh, uh, Pastor Greg or, or, or Pastor Aaron or any of the leadership team or myself or any of us because we're brilliant people. It happened because the favor of God was on our life because we wanted the presence of God more than anything else in the world. And uh, so I'm very humble uh, to be here today. And when I think of the beginnings uh, of where this church started and where it is today, it's amazing. It, it is a miracle. It is a miracle. And, uh, and I praise God for it. And when Pastor Aaron called me uh, a couple of weeks ago about coming over here and, and it was going to be a clandestine thing, you know, nobody's going to know, particularly his dad, that I was coming. And he didn't know until I walked in the room last night at the, at the restaurant and there he was. And by the way, thank you for that meal. Pried some money out of him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
But so it was a couple of weeks ago, and I was in worship service, and I, and, and uh, so and I, of course, I was thinking about, okay, I'm going to be going to Tip City a couple of weeks, God, and you know what? You know what you want said for that place, and you know what your heart is for them, and that. So, uh, you know, what what do you want to say? And I mean, just like that, the Lord started just downloading me with the word that He wanted me to speak today, and and uh, uh, so. Uh, so that's what I'm going to do real quick, okay? And then we're going to pray. Again, I started off with Aaron, praying for Aaron and Nicole in Marion, Indiana. But we're going to pray for him here. And I, and I already told him, I said, listen, I feel like the Lord wants me to end this service today with praying for you and your wife and the leadership team, but bringing up the rest of the church behind you and around you to pray. So that's what we're going to do. Okay, so that's where we're going with this. So I want you to be ready for that. And uh, but uh, my word from the Lord, He just as He spoke to me there in that worship service for this house was, you, you know, about how you you got to this place. He said they got to where they are. You know, I said it's twenty five years. It's amazing what they've done there. He said yes, they got to that place, the place that they're at by listening to me and following me. Remember, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and they follow. It's one thing to hear God's voice. It's another thing to follow, though. Hello? And that's what this church has done for 25 years. That's why you're where you're at. It's because you have heard the voice of the Lord and you have followed that voice of the Lord that you have heard. And, uh, but the Lord said, but I, what, this is what I said, Lord, they, they're doing that. And he said, yes, but this is what I want you to tell them. I want you to tell them to be ready for what I'm going to say next to them. I want you to tell them to be ready for the next thing that I'm going to say to them. And so I was thinking about that, and, and uh, I remember reading an old uh, Puritan pastor said that the two most important questions that we can have as a believer is this is God speaking we need to know the answer to that is God speaking to me and if God is speaking to me what is he saying we need to be able to answer that is God speaking to me and if he's speaking to me what is he saying and so the Lord quickly reminded me of Matthew chapter 16. That's the, that's the scripture verse that I'm going to, to give you real quick. We'll start in verse 15 and, and uh, just a little context. This is, this is where Jesus, uh, he's uh, now been ministering for about three years. His disciples have been with him for about three years. They've seen him perform every kind of miracle that you can imagine. I mean, just everything, just the glory of God in flesh. And they've seen that. And, uh, you know, through that, uh, multitudes of people everywhere Jesus goes now are coming around him and coming to him. And he's fed the multitude with the five loaves and fishes and all, all these miraculous things these disciples have seen. But now he asks his disciples, he says, who do, who do men say that I am? Who, who do these people think I am? And so they begin to tell him, well, we've heard some of them, they think for sure 
that you are uh, some prophet raised from the dead, Elijah, you know, come back from the dead, you know, that some of them, you know, think that even John the Baptist, who, who now was beheaded, uh, and they knew, but they think it's John the Baptist come back from the dead. That's who you are and, and all of this. And so then Jesus really got to the question he wants to ask. If you keep listening, Jesus will get to the question that he's wanting to ask you. And so he said, well, who do you say that I am? Who do you say I am? And, of course, Peter... Uh, I mean, he just couldn't contain it anymore. I don't know when Peter got this revelation, if it was instantaneous, or maybe he got it when he was watching and observing, you know, back and forth with the miracles, the, you know, the multiplying of the fish. Maybe it was when Jesus walked on the water and people going, what kind of man is this? You know, and uh, so Peter just can't contain it anymore. He knows and he declares when, he, when Jesus said who do, you, who do you say that I am and Peter says I say that you're the Messiah you are the Christ the son of the living God Woo. and Jesus responded and said this Jesus replied to him this is uh, I think verse 17 he said you are favored and privileged Simon son of Jonah for you didn't discover this on your own, but my Father in heaven has supernaturally revealed this to you. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. You okay? I give you the name Peter, which is, means stone. The Greek, uh, even if you go back and study the Greek, it isn't rock, it's stone. Stone or pebble, actually. And this truth of whom I am will be the bedrock that will be the rock the foundation on which I will build my church my legislative assembly the ecclesia and the power of death the power of death are the gates of hell as the King James Version says will not be able to overpower it aren't you glad for that the church of the living God cannot be stopped, cannot be overpowered. That is so important. It's so important you understand that. That the power of sin, which is death, cannot overpower the believer. Go to the very last book in the Bible. Go to the very last chapter in the Bible where it talks about the people that are going to enter into the new Jerusalem, the city of God. They are those, they are those who have overcome. Hallelujah. How did we overcome? Because Jesus overcome. And our faith in him makes us overcomers because we have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Amen. That's who's going to. That's who it is. And so he said, "Hey, the power of death is not going to have, won't have any power over the over my church." I thank God for the church. And then he says, "I will give you the keys of heaven's kingdom realm to forbid on earth uh, that which is forbidden in heaven." The problem we had is we forbid a lot of things that wasn't forbidden in heaven. Hello, I'm not going to preach there. I don't have time, but I, boy, I could. I know, because I did it. 
and to release on earth that which is released in heaven. Praise God. What, a, what power God trusts us with. Amen. He then gave his disciples strict orders not to tell anyone that he was God's anointed one. Wow. That, they, they didn't keep that very good, did they? But then I want you to get verse number number uh, uh, 21 here and this is kind of where I want to just share for just a few moments with you he says from then on Jesus began to speak clearly about what he was going to do from then on Jesus began to clearly reveal to his disciples that he was destined to go to Jerusalem and suffer injustice and, all, and then he tells all the things that he was, was going to happen to him and he was going to do is essentially he was telling them about going to Calvary and being crucified okay now remember Peter has just received the revelation or just confessed to receiving the revelation that Jesus was the Messiah the anointed one this is the one they had been looking for every Every Jewish person from Abraham in Abraham's lineage had been looking back to Genesis chapter 3 and verse 18 for the coming Messiah that was promised. And so they were all looking at that and looking for the Messiah. Now he's saying, the Messiah, this is him. He's the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And he just told Peter now, this is what I'm getting ready to do. But the problem was Peter didn't want to hear that. He, he clearly, Jesus, Jesus said, Peter, clearly you have heard from my Father in heaven or my Father has directly spoken to you about this. He revealed this to you. My Father did. You didn't discover this on your own. You're hearing from my Father God. You're hearing the voice of God. And now, in just a, a matter of moments, when the next word that God wants to speak to Peter doesn't line up with what Peter thinks he, it's supposed to look like. You know, I, I, I probably believe in when you read some of the rest of the Gospels and some of the stuff that was going on between Peter, James, and John about, hey, who was the most important, who gets to sit at the right hand of Jesus when he comes into his kingdom, you know? And, and I, I believe probably when Jesus started saying, you know, hey, uh, my Father revealed this unto you and the kingdom, you know, uh, here's the keys to the kingdom and, and you know, what, it, what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and what you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Amen. And, and Peter's thinking, man, now we're going to be in positions of power. We're going to have, we're going to have influence. We're going to be able to do stuff and we're going to sit on thrones and, man, we're going to live large. We're going to be in charge. <laughs> and then Jesus says, okay, now, now that my Father has revealed this to you, let me reveal the rest of the plan. But it didn't fit in, in Peter's mindset. Now, there's two things I think is really going on here. It's because then as you read, it says Peter took Jesus aside privately and, and just told him, said, Jesus, you've got to quit talking about this. You can't talk this way. 
You can't speak this way. Don't say that. You're not going to let that happen. That's not going to happen. What you're saying is going to happen. It's not going to happen. Part of the problem is, is that somewhere Peter lost the fear of the Lord. Because everywhere else when people heard the voice of God, they fell down like dead men. But apparently it didn't phase Peter that way. In Proverbs it says that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. That's not being afraid of God. That's, that, we're not talking about that kind of fear. We're talking about an, an awe, a reverence, a holy reverence for the, for the God that holds your very next breath in your hand. When God says you've got to stop breathing, you're going to stop breathing. When God says, your time on this earth, according to my book, your time is over. Your time will be over. That's the kind of God we serve. Thank God for his grace. Amen. Every breath is a reminder of the grace of God. Every day I get up and I put my feet on the, on the floor by my bed, I say, thank you for your grace and your mercy over my life. Hallelujah. And if you don't understand that, then you don't, under, you don't understand the fear of the Lord. Hallelujah. I thank God for His grace and mercy. I thank Him for His tenderness. I thank Him that He's ever present with me. I think that He speaks to me. He guides me. He directs our steps. All those kind of things. But I should never forget, uh, even though that I have a relationship with Him, just like Peter did. Though I walk with Him, I sleep with Him, I eat with Him. Let me tell you something. He still is the Christ, uh, the Son of the living God. And I never need to forget that and without him I can do nothing and we have to remember that we have to remember that it's very very important Peter apparently forgot it <laughs> Jesus had a neat way of putting him in his place though didn't he Satan get behind me You're going to either listen to my voice or you're going to line up with Satan. Whew. And Peter immediately, I know where I'm going. Okay. Peter was so blinded by his plans. And you, all of us need to listen to this about our personal life, up a room about this church. All of us are, can get so blinded about our personal plans that we cannot see or we don't want to see God's plan. So, so it's so very important, upper room, that you hear this. How far you've come in the last 25 years, but you got here listening to the voice of the Lord how far you go in the next 25 years will be determined by how you listen to the Lord. Not everything that seems good is good. Hello? 
I loved how in the book of Acts when the disciples gathered around and they started praying, you know, and and uh, for in, for leadership, and and I think this is how uh, how we have to operate as leadership is 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 pray and hear what the Holy Spirit said. And they said it seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit. We need to always make sure that yeah, it's it's important that it's good. It seems good to us. Our plans are good for us, but is it also? Does the Holy Spirit feel the same way? Does he feel like it's good? And that's what needs to determine how our families go and what we do and that. And in the very next chapter, in chapter 17, Jesus continues to, to work with these disciples. The, uh, that's why I love the Gospels and him working with his disciples. I'm thinking, man, if he could get that, if Jesus could get that band of guys across the finish line, he certainly can get us. Hello? He certainly can get us. Boy, did the Holy Ghost make a difference. Did the Holy Ghost make a difference in those guys' life? I mean, from like daylight to dark, in like one day, in a moment, suddenly, there come a sound from heaven. And those guys were changed in a moment, in an instant, as they were filled with Holy Spirit. Whew. Wow. That just gives me, that just makes me so thankful for what God's doing here. But in chapter 17, Jesus is going to take Peter, James, and John with him up on this mountain to pray. That was not unusual because they kind of were like his inner circle, you know. John was like Pastor Greg and I. He's kind of like a best friend to Jesus. And uh, so he takes Peter, James, and John uh, up on what we know uh, in theology as the Mount of Transfiguration. They didn't know it was the Mount of Transfiguration. They just thought Jesus was going up to pray, and they were going to go watch, you know, while he prayed. And, uh, and that's basically, they took up the position to do that. Jesus goes off a little bit farther, and he starts praying. And they're watching him pray, and, you know, and uh, so... As he's praying there, suddenly what's on the inside, the glory that's on the inside of that veil of flesh begins to be uh, illuminated on the outside, begins to shine on the outside. And I'm, I'm telling you, he wasn't just glowing. He was like lightning. His clothes began to be like, it was like they were electric lightning. They didn't know what electric was, so it was like, it was like lightning. You know, flashes of lightning, just, you know, everything. And, and he, they could see this glowing from him and all that that was taking place. And, and, and I mean, when they saw this, this time they fell down like dead men. They said, yeah, we're in the awesome presence of God Man, they fall down like dead men and they're there they're not moving until Jesus comes up and taps them and says hey it's okay let's get up and, and they had also seen you know Elijah and Moses talking with Jesus and it just overwhelmed them they said I'm checking out I'm fainting right here and that's what they did and so Jesus finally gets them up you know I, I guess they didn't have catchers back then and he gets them up and he uh, uh, says, okay, let's go. And I said, Peter, sister, let's go. He said, we can't go. 
It's good for us to be here. In fact, it's so good for us to be here, we don't want to go anywhere. We can't leave this place. We can't leave. I mean, do you understand what just happened here? And he said, this is what we need to do. This is the plan. And Peter's got the plan. He says, we need to build three tabernacles. We need to build one for Moses. We need to build one for Elijah. And then we need to build one for you, Jesus, right here. So people can come. They wanna, if they want to go in the tabernacle of Moses, they can. If they want to go in the tabernacle of Elijah, they can. If they want to go in your tabernacle, they can. But I know we, that's what we need to do. While he's speaking, read it in 17.5. Matthew 17.5. While he is speaking... A cloud comes down, a voice comes out of the cloud, and it says, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And then he says, Listen to him. As far as I can know and find in Scripture, this is the last time in Scripture that Father God spoke to a man audibly on the earth ever again. It doesn't mean that he hasn't. I believe that he has, and I believe that he does, and I believe that he can. You understand me? He's God and can do whatever he wants to do. Hello? And I believe some people have experienced. Most of the time, what we hear when we hear an audible voice of God, it's the Holy Spirit because that's who he's working through now. That's who he's speaking through. Sometimes it's Jesus. Hello? Read Hebrews chapter 1. He said, In times past I spoke through the prophets, but said, Now I speak through my son, Jesus. But here on this mountain, while Peter is speaking and he's sharing his plans, God the Father interrupts him. Sometimes we need to be interrupted by God. In fact, I pray, God, whatever plans that I have, I ask you, if they are not in line with your plans, please interrupt them. Interrupt them. Hallelujah. Some of you pray that when you pray, God, if this is not what you want, close the door. Same thing. And then you wonder, well, God, you know, what did you close that door for? I've been there too. But God, think about it. God interrupts Peter's speaking. And he says, this is my plan. God says, this is my son. Listen to him. Listen to him. Upper room, that's the message if the last time in Scripture, the last words we hear from the mouth of the Father, all the rest of the time we hear from God through Jesus and our Holy Spirit, when God speaks, we hear Him in the person of the Son or in the Holy Spirit. This, as far as I can find, this is the last time we hear the voice of the Father speaking. And his last words to us is listen to Jesus. Listen to him. This is my son. Listen to him. 
if that is true, which I believe that it is, this has to become the most important thing that I do every day of my life is listen to Jesus. I was preaching a pastor's conference a couple, about three years ago or so. In, actually, it was longer than that. I just got a notification on my, on my phone when it was. So it, it was back about, uh, well, several years ago now. And uh, I was doing this pastor's conference in Kenya. And after uh, we had several days of sessions, and then we had a session of question and answer. And so I was letting these pastors ask me questions about, you know, just about pastoring, which I've done that often. And, and uh, this one uh, uh, pastor stood up, and he'd become a good friend of mine, and we're real close. And uh, he said, uh, Pastor, could you tell us about your five-year plan? Okay, my five-year plan. So I'm thinking real quick, Holy Ghost, help me right now in Jesus' name. What do you want me to tell them? And I said, oh, oh. I said, well, I have a five-year plan. And uh, it's just like my four-year plan. And that's just like my three-year plan. And just like my two-year plan, my one-year plan. In fact, it's like my monthly plan, my daily plan. And they said, what is that? And I said, to listen to him. To listen to him. That's my plan. So you gotta, you, you mean you don't have a five-year plan? Yes, I do. I have a five-year plan. It's to be listening to Jesus. Now, I know we need, I know we need to make plans. I know that. The Bible even tells us, you know, prepare the horse for battle, but the victory is the Lord's. You know, and we can we can we can make plans. We can do things, and all those things are important. I've done them, and, and I I'm not a person that just flies by the seat of the bridges. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about intentionally listening for what the Lord is saying, and say, God, this is what I feel that I needs to be done. If you're not in agreement, if I'm not hearing from you, if I, if you're not directing these steps that I'm taking now, then I don't want to go this way. So I believe that the steps of a righteous man, which we are righteous, we are the declared righteousness of God. We have that. So you're righteous people. You're not trying to be righteous. You are righteous. Why? Because God said you were. All right? And so it's very important for us to understand that your steps are ordered by the Lord. So that means I need to allow him to direct my steps. I need to listen. And even if I think, man, this road, this road is a whole lot better. I'm, got, I'm one of those guys who likes to be in control. I want to do the driving. I want to take the way. I mean, GPS, when it says turn right here, I'm not turning right there. I know a better way. And I, and I go my way. 
we did that we were coming back from some trip uh, you know and I, I think Mike was with me and he and I and we were coming back from some conference or trip or whatever it was and, and GPS said turn here uh, get off the exit here and, and it was going to take us on back roads and I said we're not getting off here we're staying on the interstate they're nuts about five miles down the road the interstate was closed down there had been a big traffic accident you know all kinds of fatalities and stuff we sat for I don't know maybe six hours couldn't go anywhere we were stuck we were stuck I mean it was it was like unbelievable it was just you know one of the worst experiences I've ever had driving and I've driven all over America and it was one of the worst ones I'd ever got been in and it was all because I didn't want to listen I wanted to go my own way listen sometimes you will find yourself stuck and the reason you're stuck is because we didn't listen to where he wanted to lead us churches get stuck because they don't want to follow the leading of the spirit now this one's not one of those now if you like if you like uh, uh, knowing everything five years in advance that's going to happen you're probably in the wrong place why because we follow the spirit we listen to what the Spirit says. We follow the Spirit. Yes, we plan. I mean, all you have to do is walk out and right outside this building and see that we plan. Plans are going on here. Yes, but they are in union with what Holy Spirit say. When I stood right down here and that man said, see that wall right there? You can just take it right out and move this right back as far as you want to go and expand this auditorium so more people can come in and be saved and hear the gospel. Listen, that was a plan 25 years, or 18 years ago. Isn't that about how old this is? Something like that. However old this building is. That was the plan then. And you know what? Holy Spirit said, yeah, that's the plan. I like that plan. That's why you see them blocks going up out here and a hole in the ground. Amen. And so this is, really what the, this is really what the Holy Spirit told me to say to you is, listen, what got you here in 25 years, which is miraculous, let me tell you. I mean, from nothing to this in 25 years is miraculous. You need to just say that right now. It's miraculous. It's miraculous. Hallelujah. You are, you are worshiping, living, walking part of a miracle. And, but what will take you to the next 25 and through the next 25 years Lord willing will be when somebody somebody a little bit younger than me will stand up here and talk about 50 years it will be because the leadership of this church and this church listened to Holy Spirit listened to God and followed he's got a he has it's one thing to get a word from the Lord but let's be ready for the next word God gave a word to Pastor Greg about this place here before there was ever a building on it let's also be ready for the next word this is not sacred 
this building, this ground is not sacred. If God wants to, you to move from it, it isn't denying the Holy Ghost. Hello? It's not the building we love, even though we love the building. Okay, you understand what I'm talking about? But the building could go away tomorrow. That doesn't affect the church. The gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. Hallelujah. Can't happen. And so that's, that's just simply what the Lord wanted me to come and just talk to you on this 25th anniversary of this church is that what got you here was listening to Holy Spirit. What will take you the next 25 years is listening to Him. And so what you need to do is be behind your leadership and encourage them. Are they listening to Holy Spirit? Praying for them. Oh God, let them hear clearly what you're saying. Just as Jesus said there in, in 17.5, then he began, because they had the revelation of who he was, then he began to speak to them clearly. Before he, he wasn't able to do that. He wasn't able to speak to them that, the way he was now because because they didn't really know who he was. But once they knew who he was, he began to speak to them clearly what he was about to do. That's how we need to be praying for the leadership of this team. And you need to be praying for, for over yourself in leading your home and in the, in the sphere of influence that you have is that, oh, Holy Spirit, speak to me clearly. Speak to me clearly what you're doing in my life. Speak to me clearly what you want me to do. Speak to me clearly. And guess what? He will. But you know what? I have to be willing to let him interrupt my plans. This is what I want to do. Oh, man, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Jesus said, don't do that. Not, not until you consult God. Don't say that I'm going to go tomorrow and do this or do that. Consult God. This is what I feel. It seems good to me. Is it good to you, Holy Spirit? Is it good to you that I do this? And I'm okay with no. Are you okay with no? I mean, you should shout when you hear a no. Why? Because you're getting ready to get in a big mess like me. You're getting ready to get stuck. You're getting ready to get stuck, but you listen, and he said no, and you say, whoop, not going that way. Hello? Come on, stand with me, would you please, and we'll, we'll close right here with a prayer. I want, I want to have uh, uh, Pastor Aaron and, and uh, Pastor Nicole. I want you to come, and all the leadership team, I'd like for you to come, and if Pastor Aaron and Nicole would just come and stand right here. And I'd like for uh, my wife and uh, Brother Greg and, and, and uh, Patty to come up here. Yeah, you, you guys can play and give us some of that worship music. That was fabulous, by the way. Man, thank you for taking us. That's one of my favorite songs, Nothing But the Blood. Wow, I love it. Man, that's what it's all about. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And people don't want us to talk about the blood. We can't help but talk about the blood. Why would you not want to talk about the blood? Hallelujah. It's the blood that cleanses us, that saved us. That, Amen, all those kind of things. I know you've got a lot of other leadership that's working right now. They have to work. So that's what... 
the what? Ministry team leaders, okay? And elders. I know, uh, here they come now. I preached for I don't know how many years uh, uh, on every believer is a leader. And so when I call for leaders, everybody just come. They got convinced. Okay, you know, and uh, every believer's a leader. Somewhere you're influencing somebody. Amen. Praise God. I think I want you guys to turn around and face me, okay? That's right. Up here, face us. Not that we're special or any of those kind of things, but we want to pray over you. And now what I like is I like for the rest of this congregation, this body, to gather in behind your leaders here. And it's okay if they lay hands on you. I know that. Amen. So you can lay hands on them. You know, if you feel comfortable doing that, praise God, get behind. But this is the only time we're going to pray for them. But there's something happens when we do corporately pray like this. Something happens in the spirit realm. Okay, remember, we have keys. All of us, you got keys. Come on. Come on, say this with me. I've got keys. I've got keys. And what that means is I have, I have authority to open and close things. Amen. Well, we're going to do some opening, okay? We're not closing anything unless you see some attacks of the enemy that we're going to close those. But we're going to open up the windows of heaven over them. <clears throat> you know, being a pastor, you know, I am preaching for over 50 years. I've got scriptures just keep coming to me, running to me all the time. Do you know in Revelations chapter 2 and 3, go home and read this. The letters to the seven churches, which represents the time that we're living in now, the church age, every one of those, every letter, it's Jesus writing a letter to his church. That's us, okay? There's seven letters, and in each one of those letters, he ends it with this. Those of you who have ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Every one of them, that's the only thing consistent in, in the three, in the seven letters, is him that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. That really means with the, open your heart to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. That's what he said to every church. That's Jesus' message to us. The next thing that happens in the book of Revelation is we get raptured. Hallelujah. So you know what I need to be doing? I need to be opening my heart to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to me. Because the next, because one of these days I'm going to hear him say, come up here. Come up here. Amen. Praise God. I want you to stretch your hands out toward your leaders. Amen. Come on up here, Pastor Greg, Patty. Come on up here, Robbie. Amen. And we're going to symbolically lay our hands on Aaron because we can't lay them on all of you, okay? And Nicole, we're going to lay our hands on them and through them, all of you. Our hands are on you. Ha. Huh. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you right now. Some of you can pray in the Holy Spirit if you want to. But Father, we thank you right now for your grace and mercy. We thank you for your grace over this house. We thank you for the leadership of this house. We thank you for what you're doing, oh God, in your kingdom on the earth right now. And that upper room is a part of, uh, of heaven on earth. And what you're doing here, God, that they are an influence in this community. God, that you have made them a light. God, they are the light. They are the light. Hallelujah. The darkness cannot overcome the light that's in this room. 
the darkness, I don't care how dark the darkness gets, it cannot overcome up a room because they are the light. And so I pray right now for them. I pray, oh God, God, give them, give them a clear hearing, God. Clearly speak to them. From this day forward, God, let them hear your voice as they have never heard it before. Clearly as they have never, they've heard your voice. They've followed your voice. But Father, we're asking for another level of clarity, God. We're asking, God, that they hear your voice. And they, with courage and strength, they know that voice. They recognize that voice. And they follow it anywhere it leads them. Father, we pray for that. We pray for that now over this house. Let your spirit, let your spirit, let your spirit guide their steps. In Jesus' mighty name. Everything they put their hand to, God, continue to bless it as you have. God, in the next 25 years, God, we pray greater than the first. God, this 25 years is just the floor. It's just the floor. It's just the floor. God, it's just the starting place. Now, God, from this place, they go higher. They go up higher. They go up higher. In the mighty name of Jesus, we release it over this house. Hallelujah. Your blessings and greatness, God. Father, for every person here, I pray, let them from today forward, as they they look to you, Holy Spirit, speak to them. Speak to them speak to them clearly. Father, I pray in the mighty and glorious name of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, that name that is above every name and that every knee, every knee will have to bow to. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you. Why don't you just turn around and love love on, on the body of Christ? Praise God.